Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Up to magnify you, to glorify you for who you are, El El Yon, the Most High God. God, we just thank you that we have breath in our body. We're able to walk. We're able to talk. God, we have use of our limbs. God, we just give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. And God, we thank you that in you we live, in you we move, in you we have our being on today. God, without you, we're nothing. You're the vine. We are the branches, God. God, I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And God, as I open my mouth, I thank you that you have already filled it, God. I thank you, Father God, that the word will come forth in fire, God, and devour everything that's going on around us. It will come forth as a hammer and break the rocks into pieces on today. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. 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 Open your Bibles, if you will. Open your Bibles, your iPhone, your iPad, or whatever you got to open that represents the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. I'm reading out the New King James Version. Again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. And let's hear what God has to say unto his people. When we get there, let us say, amen, meaning it is so. If you're not there yet, do not say amen. You'll be lying to your heart. And then your heart will pick that up and thinking that's what's the truth and it's not. Remember that. Don't lie to your heart. Don't lie to your heart. Because that's what your heart will become receptive to, lies. Somebody needed that today. The word of God reads, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God which also effectually works in you who believe. You may be seated. I want to talk about the word has to be received. Last Sunday we talked about that the word is full of power. How many truly believe that the word is full of power? How many truly really believe that the word is full of power? Because if you truly believe that, you will be using the word the word of God more than you use in anything else. When you know that it is full of power, you will use the word more than you use in anything else because you know what it's full of. In your situations, you will be using the word because you know it is full of power. We talked about in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, it says that 
upholding all things by the word of his power. Everything is uphold, upheld together by the word of his power. Everything is hold together by the word of his power. So everything he made, he made it by the breath of his mouth. When God said, let there, when he said, let there be, the Bible say, and there was. So God spoke everything into existence. He spoke those things that be not as though they were, according to Romans, the fourth chapter. So God took that what did not exist and he spoke it into existence. God did not use human hands. God spoke from his breath, from his spirit. And as he spoke, things came into existence that was not into existence. And in order for us to believe that, because that seems as if that's not real, that's not true, we had to have God's faith. The Bible says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That's in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. It says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. It took faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So faith is your title deed to what you're hoping for, to what you believe in God for. It is because of faith you have that hope. I'm going to say it again. It is because of the faith of God that you have which brings you that hope faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen how do I get this faith faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God the more you get into the word of God, the more you have faith for what you believe in God for. The more you hear the word of God, the more you have faith for what you believe in God for. Amen. So when we look at the word of God, we say the word is full of what? It's full of power. It's when the word is spoken out of your mouth and you believe in that word, that word is going forth in power. This is why we go back to Isaiah 55. I just love Isaiah 55. We have to understand what God is saying about his word. He said, for as the rain and snow come down from the heavens... And return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. See, the rain and snow comes down, and it comes down for a purpose, for a reason. And sometimes people are praying against rain. They're praying against snow. But God uses rain and snow for a purpose for a reason and he told us what the purpose was it comes down from heaven and what God is saying is not going back up to heaven It's sent down to do what I have sent it to do what is it going to do it's going to give what it's going to bring forth it's going to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so if the rain and snow does not come down then it's not going to do what God has sent it to do it has to come down God used that to say, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. God said, it's not going to return to me empty. It's not going to return to me void. God said, but it's going to go out and accomplish. It's going to go out and make happen what I have sent it to do. And then it says, 
and it's gone. That which I have pleased and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. So when God sent his word through you, you can already know that it's already done. Because God's word is not going back to him null and void. Do not just speak the word without knowing that that word that's coming out of your mouth is actually the breath, the spirit of God, the power of God that's going out to do what is sent to do. He sent his word and he has healed us and he has delivered us from our destruction. Jesus is the word. So when you look at that scripture, when God sent Jesus, his one and only son, to walk the earth, the word became flesh. Come on, somebody. And dwelled among us. And when we see the word becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us, God didn't send Jesus here just to twiddle his thumbs. He sent the word here to heal, to deliver, to set free, to prosper. He sent the word here to bring joy. He sent the word here to bring peace, reconciliation. He sent the word here to be long-suffering, his kindness, his gentleness, his faithfulness. He sent the word to do all of these things. And he said, you're not coming back to me until all of these things are accomplished through your death. Come on, somebody. So he sent the word to accomplish, to make things happen on this earth the way God wants things to happen on this earth. This is why Jesus said, repent. Have a change of heart. Have a change of mind. Because the kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom of God has come upon you. And as Jesus opened his mouth, he was releasing the kingdom of God. When you open your mouth, what are you releasing? Are you releasing life or are you releasing death? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 18, for there is what death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So we want to release life and life come from the word of God because the Bible says the, the spirit quickens. The flesh profit you nothing. He said, the words I speak unto you, he said, they are spirit and they are life, according to John 6, 63. So we see that when we're speaking his word, his word is bringing life. I don't know about you, but if we speak his word every day, on just every day, morning, noon, and night, we're having life around us in the atmosphere. Death can't be before us because of life. This is why the enemy does not want you to speak his word. This is why the enemy wants you to hold grudges and he wants you to talk about the things that you're holding deep down within. He wants you to talk about how you hate this one, how you're jealous over that one. He wants you to put death in the atmosphere. He wants you to be jealous. He wants you to be offended because that represents death. He wants you to be depressed because that represents death and not life. So we need to be speaking life because God's word is full of power. And I went over to even dealing with Mary and how Mary, she was saying, be it unto me according to thy word. God sent an angel to give Mary, which was Gabriel, a word from the Lord. God sent that angel from his throne and he said, I want you to give Mary a virgin who has not been with the man. I want you to give her these words from me. And as the angel spoke to Mary, she said, how shall this be? 
She knew she hadn't been with any man. And God began to tell her. He said, the power of the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and overshadow you. And then you shall conceive. You shall become pregnant in your womb with the word. Come on, somebody. Mm. Did you catch it? When you begin to get into the word and the word begin to get into you, you become pregnant within yourself with the word of God. The enemy does not want the word to take root because he knows the moment that the word takes root, that seed, you become pregnant with life that's coming from God. And when you begin to speak that life forward, somebody is healed, somebody is delivered and somebody is set free. Come on. God is a good, good father, is he not? The word is full of power. The word is full of life. And the enemy does not want you to have that life. So we need to strip ourselves. We need to empty ourselves. We need to search ourselves with the help of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what is in me that's representing death, that's blocking the spirit of life from coming forth and quickening my mortal body? Because you have the life of God on the inside of you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you and waiting to quicken make alive your mortal body but it's gonna take the word for your body to be quickened and made alive because you made of a three-part being spirit soul and body spirit soul and body and the spirit of you is the real you amen So I said all that to say this. We know the word is full of power. This is why you need to get to know the word. Once you get to know the word, when the word is presented to you, then you must receive it. If you do not receive the word, you're not going to get the life from the word. And some of us say, well, I'm receiving the word. I beg you to differ. Because when you truly receive the word, you don't live the way you live in. You don't do the things that you used to do. You don't talk the way you used to talk. You're not going to the places that you used to go because you have received that word. You have welcomed that word. You have accepted that word. Come on, ask your neighbor. Say, have you truly received the word? Say, come on now. Have you truly received the word? Now, remember when Mary heard Remember, faith come by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. When Mary heard the word, she received it, and she welcomed the word. She accepted the word. How? Because she said, be it unto me according to your word. Mary was dependent on God's word. How many of us are really, truly dependent upon God's word outside of what we're going through? Come on, let's be real. Because if we're truly dependent on the word and know the word has power and we're dependent on it, relying on it and trusting it, we're not looking for anything else. We're standing still. We're seeing the salvation of the Lord. We're seeing the total package, which is healing, which is deliverance, which is um, how he saved us, delivered us, and prospered us. We're saying, Lord, I believe that your word is true outside of how my debt look. Come on. Some of us got piles and piles and piles of debt. But outside of our debt, we know that we owe no man nothing but to love him because we're doing what the word tell us to do. 
So we're living according to the word. And as long as you're living according to the word, you know you already have it outside of the natural. You know you already have what God says belongs to you. How many has been women has been waiting on that husband for years? And you're saying, Lord, I know you have a mate for me, God. I know there's a somebody out there for me. And you're waiting and you have an anticipation. But doing that wait, you're spending time with God. And you're at peace and you're relaxed. And you're saying, God, I'm resting in you. Because I know you told me that there's a mate out there for me. So you're giving God glory. you giving him honor. You're giving him praise for that mate. And you see yourself walking with that mate, talking with that mate. You see yourself with that mate. Even though you don't see him naturally or her naturally, you know you already have that mate because this is what God said. Because you're standing on the promises of who? On God. And things are not going to be outside of the will of God. There was a lady that was um, having a marriage ceremony because she said she was going to marry this preacher, which was Kenneth Copeland. And she was having a real ceremony saying this person was standing in the place of Kenneth Copeland. The problem was Kenneth Copeland had a wife. So that was out of the will of God. So she was praying for something. It was witchcraft. She was hoping that his wife would die so she could marry Kenneth Copeland. And they were actually having a ceremony. So we don't want to pray out of the will of God. We need to know what his will is. And that's what we need to be speaking. That's what we need to proclaim. And this is the confidence that I have in him. That whatsoever I ask according to his will. Guess what? You know that is yours, right? Because you're asking according to his will. So the most important thing, I'm going to say this scripture over and over again. Pay attention. To my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and they are health, they are medicine to all flesh. The enemy does not want you to find the word. He does not want you to spend time with the word because he know you're going to receive life. You're going to receive help. You're going to receive medicine from the word. There's nothing that you're going through that the word has not already done. That's why we have to get into the word to know what the word has done. And we have to stay focused on what the word has done. And anything outside of the word, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to see, receive it because we know that's not God's word. So going back to the word must be received. And I said all that to go to this scripture because Paul was talking to the Thessalonians and he was telling, to, telling them, he was praising them. He said, for this reason, I thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard, he said, received it, welcomed it and accepted it. That's what received is. Some of us is sitting in here right now and some of us are receiving and welcoming and accepting the word. Because we come in here with our hearts prepared and open and say, God, whatever you want to bring, that's what I'm going to accept. How do you know that it's the truth? How do you know it's the word of God? Because if you spend time in your word, if you spend time reading your word, studying your word, meditating on your word, when someone bring the word of God forth, 
whether it's in Bible um, Sunday school, whether Judah's singing the word, or when I come up, when they bring the word forth, that baby in your womb, that seed that you have conceived, that seed that you've been nurturing, that you've been feeding, that you've been guarding, that you've been watching over, when that word is heard, that baby in your womb start jumping. And the more you um, carry that word, I'm telling you, the more you carry that word, the more jumping will go on. Because some people be, thank you, yes, Lord. And some people just sit still with it because it ain't, it ain't been stirred up in them yet. But they know it's the truth. But the longer they meditate on it, they're going to say something. They're going to say, amen, yes, yes, God, that is so, hallelujah, God, I receive that, I welcome that, I accept that, because I done been there, God, so I know that's the truth. But when you're not in the word, and the word is being taught, and the word is being proclaimed, sometimes we just sit there and fall asleep. The word will bring life. Whatever, wherever you been, whatever you have searched out is reminding me when Moses sent the spies to search out the land. They had to search out the land and Moses told them what to look for and they had to bring a report back. They brought the report back of everything that they said about that land was true. They even bought fruit from that land. We must bring forth what fruit? So they bought fruit from that land, but then they began to give a negative report. Yes, that land is good. Yes, that land is prosperous, but we saw some giants on that land. And to us, we look like little grasshoppers. So we can't go in to that land because they will overtake us. I'm paraphrasing that. But because God had some. That went to search just like they searched. They didn't see the giants. They only saw what God said. This is your land. It doesn't matter who's on that land. It doesn't matter what they're doing on that land. They got to get up and go off that land. Because that land belonged to you. So their focus wasn't on the giants. Their focus was on what the. What the promise is saying. What is your focus on? What are you focusing on more than you're focusing on the word? You have to receive and welcome and accept the word for what it is, for what the word is saying. Outside of what people say about you. Outside of what it appeared to be. You said, that's not what God said. I'm only accepting what God is saying, not what you're saying, because it's not coming into alignment with what I believe. But how can we come into alignment when we're not in the word? Some of us can quote it. We can quote the Bible from the front to the back, but some of us are talking negatively, even speaking the word. One minute we're saying, by his stripes, I am healed. Then the next minute we're saying, but I still got pain. Uh Uh-uh, you didn't welcome the word the way it need to. If you're talking about your pain more than you're talking about what the word of God is saying, you have welcomed pain more than you have welcomed the word. If that's all people hear is I'm in pain, I can't do this and I can't do that. Regardless if the pain is there and you told the pain, you go in the name of Jesus because I already know by Jesus' stripes I am 
healed. Not going to be, but I'm already the healed of the Lord. So when someone asks you, are you in pain? Yes, pain is trying to magnify itself, but God's word is bigger than my pain. So I give God glory that I am already the healed of the Lord. You may see me limping, but I know I am healed. You can't go on limp. You got to go on what the word of God is saying. Because we got a lot of people limping, but they still believing. But then you got a lot of people limping, say, I can't make it another father. I don't know how long I can deal with this. I don't know how long this is going to last. But glory be to God. Maybe this is how I'm supposed to be. So somebody can see that God's in my, the devil is a lie. God ain't limping. Matter of fact, God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I don't see my God limping. (laughs) We talk some foolish mess. Well, this is how it's going to be. Because you know your body go. Yes, your body go through things. But the Bible tells me that Moses was old. But it. What was it? His eyes wasn't even abated or whatever the scripture was. What was it? Not dim a sight. How is Moses' eyes not dim a sight? And I'm putting on glasses because I ain't got that yet. I ain't got that yet. But if I want to be there, I'm trusting God to say, though I put on these specs. Hallelujah. One day. Hallelujah. Because I see myself without them. Come on, somebody. Some areas you may not have gotten there yet. You may not have arrived, but you're believing one day. And some people say, well, I don't need them old glasses. I'm seeing just fine. Praise Jesus. But it might be another area you, you need something. So don't talk about the ones with the specs. Don't talk about the ones that's limping a little bit and you not limping. You may be limping in an area nobody can't see with fornication and adultery. That's a limp. Sin is sin. I don't care how you define it. Quit trying to act like you picture perfect. You picture perfect in the spirit. Your soul needs some work every day. Don't think that you ain't told one. Yes, you have. Men, some of you done told one. Your wife asked for some money. Well, baby, if I had it, I'd get it to you. Liar. Some of you got it and don't want to give it to them. You don't want them to know what you got. And then the wife don't want the husband to know what she got. You're perfect in your spirit. Again, I'm going to say it. But everybody's soul in here need work because you done told a little fib. You done told somebody something that you shouldn't have said. But the good thing about it, because of the Holy Spirit, he reminds you that that's not the righteousness of God. And then you go back and you correct it. That's why David was a man after God's own heart because David did fall, but David didn't stay in that place because he admitted it and he quitted it. Did he do other things? Yes, David did other things, but he got it right because of his heart that was before God. When your heart is before God, you don't stay in the same place, people. 
on. You should quit being angry. After 20 years, where's your heart full of anger? You ain't emptied out enough. I'm going back. Paul was thanking them because they received the word of God, which you heard from us. You welcomed it. You got to receive the word. You got to welcome the word. You got to accept it. Why? Because it's not the word of men. You got to know that the word that I'm presenting to you today, that I'm proclaiming today, it did not come from me. How do you know it didn't come from me? Follow along in your Bible. Follow along with what the word of God is saying. The word was inspired by the breath of God. This word is the breath of God. This is why you got to read it to know if somebody is saying what's true or not. And then sometimes they twist it like the enemy to make you think it's saying something opposite to what God said. He said, don't add to it. Do not take away from it. How do I know the difference? Thank God for the Holy Spirit because he's only going to testify witness to truth to the word of God because we got familiar spirits out here y'all we got people putting things in people ear that God did not say we got people quoting scriptures and that's not what the scripture have said because they haven't taken the time to get revelation illumination insight from the word of God this is why Paul say pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation come on somebody that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened that you will know what are the riches of his God. come on you got to be praying and say God open my heart So I don't know what you're saying because I can read the word, but that's not exactly what you're saying to me, God. So I need for you to open my eyes, open my heart so I can be on one accord with you. I don't want to tell the people something that I believe. I want to tell the people what you're saying. So they received the word of God. They received it with readiness, y'all. They received it. They welcomed the word because they didn't welcome it and accept the word come as man's word. And this is the problem. Some of us have a preference to who we want to hear. We have a preference. Well, I want to hear this one. I want to hear that one. If they're presenting the word, if it's a dog that's standing on the pulpit and he's barking loud. And it's the word of God. That that dog is barking about, I'll receive it. Because even the donkey began to talk. But you had to hear the donkey in the spirit. So God will use whomever and whatever he need to get the word to you. But you got to be in the spirit and not in the flesh to receive it. Everybody may not present the word the same way. But if it's coming from deep within the heart. Now some people ramble on. And just quote scripture after scripture ain't no meaning there. So you know, well, God ain't in that. That's you. But when somebody really studied this word and has been in this word, they're going to present it with confidence. They're going to present it with boldness. They're not going to back up because of who in the room. When they open their mouth, God's going to speak for them. He's going to speak through them. They're not going to look at a person and say, oh, better not say that. Nope, that ain't me. You get, you give what God has given you. You don't look at people. I'd rather please God than please man. And this is what his disciples were saying, the apostles. So if you're looking to please man, sit down. That's not your assignment. Your assignment is to please.
please God and not man. I don't care who it is. I'm not out to please my husband. I'm out to please God. If I please God, he's already pleased. So when you get your husband and your wife and your children out the way and your animals out the way and your job out the way and put God first, everything is going to come into alignment. The reason why there's no alignment in homes is because everything in the homes is before God. Video games is before God. As long as my kids are quiet, give them what they want. We need to take them and times in our lives and say, come here, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about why Noah built that ark. Let's talk about why the animals was in that ark. Let's talk about how the people were still disobedient after Moses preached righteousness for them, with them for years, and they still wouldn't accept the work. Come on, they wouldn't welcome it. They wouldn't accept it. So when the ark was built, they were mocking Mo, um, Noah. Just like people mock me or mock you when you present the word of God like it's nothing. Them people need to shut up. They act like they're more holy than anybody else. Come on, when you get separated, when you become holy because he is holy. See, holiness is within, but that within got to come without. The more you get into the word of God and know that you separated, you're going to live a holy life. You ain't going to be clubbing no more. You ain't going to be doing all this other stuff you used to do because you're living a holy life because you are holy because of Jesus and not because of you. So you presenting that holiness to the world. That's why Jesus said, sanctify them, separate them according to your word, because thy word is true. Separate the word is what separates you. The enemy does not want you to get into the word because it's going to separate you. It's going to show you how to live holy. It's going to show you how to live righteous. It's going to let you know that I've been set apart so much. I don't do like I used to. I don't want it no more. Have you ever done without a Coke or a Pepsi? For so long that when you look at it, it it just don't do nothing to you. Even when you look at it, when people talk about it, the flesh don't rise up no more. Why? Because you have denied that flesh so long of that Pepsi and that Coke, you don't want it no more. It don't thrill you no more. Evidently, you spent time with something else that you replaced it with. It may be tea. It may be coffee. It may be something else. I don't know. But whatever you replaced it with, you don't want it no more because you got a replacement. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus replaced sin. Yes, he did. When I found out what Jesus done for me, y'all, I said, oh, you love me. Because even when I was still in my mess, I don't care if it was a little mess. Some people mess may be bigger than others, but it's still a mess. He look at sin as being sin. I don't care how big or how small it is. It is still what it is. Quit trying to judge people by big sins and little sins. Sin is sin. But Jesus done away with it all. Because he loved us. 
So they received the word. They welcomed the word. They accepted the word as being God's word and not man's word. That's the first thing you got to do. You got to receive it for what it is. It is God's word. You got to receive it for what it is. And some people not receiving the word because they're looking at it like it's nothing. When we look in Galatians 4, 12 through 14, Amplified Bible, this is Paul. In the book of Galatians, he's talking about the law. He's talking about grace. It's some that come in there trying to turn them away from grace, giving them the law, telling them this is what you have to do to be accepted in the kingdom of God. Verse 12, brethren, I beg of you, become as I am, free from the bondage of Jewish ordinances. For I also have become as you are, Gentiles. What was Paul saying? Paul was once up under the law. Paul knew the law well. Paul was doing what the law was saying that he needed to do. He was living according to the law, so he was living in bondage. But when he said, I become as one of you as a Gentile, meaning that the Gentiles did not have the law. Paul came into the Gentiles and he began to preach grace. He said, you did me no wrong. Now listen at this. In the days when I first came to you, do not do it now. So they were turning away from what Paul had taught them. The Gentiles were. He said, on the contrary, you knew that it was on account of a bodily ailment that I remained and preached the gospel to you the first time. And yet, although my physical condition was a trial to you, you did not regard it with contempt or scorn and loathe and reject me, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus himself. So what Paul was saying, even when I was before preaching the gospel to you and had this ailment, Paul had gotten stoned, y'all, so many times. This is not talking about that um, thorn in the flesh where they say he it was his eyes, but he got uh, stoned so many times he was left for dead. Paul was preaching to them even in the state that he was in. So what am I saying? Even though Paul had all them stripes on his back, even though Paul went through a lot of things, he did not entertain the flesh. He still did what God told him to do. And, and he said, y'all welcome me. Y'all welcome the gospel. Y'all welcome me as an angel of God, meaning just as I was Christ Jesus himself. What he was saying was you received the word from me. You welcome the word from me. But they were beginning to turn away from the word. Why? Because somebody had creeped in. And they were telling them things. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Miracle Temple, we got some creepers. When people creep in and begin to teach you opposite from what you're learning, then guess what happens? You turn away from what you have learned and you begin to believe error instead of believe truth, even though it sounds true. If you ain't in the spirit, you will take something that's error and say it's true. So listen what Matthew 1040 said. He who receives and welcomes and accepts you receives and welcome and accepts me. He who receives and welcome and accepts you receives and welcome and accepts me. And he who receives and welcome and accepts me receives and welcome and accepts him who sent me. So when you welcome the word of God and you accept in the word, you accept in Jesus. Do you know we have a lot of people that has rejected Jesus and don't even know it? 
How do I know? Because when the word tells you to do something and you don't do it, you don't reject him. I'll give you a good example. There was Saul. Y'all remember Saul? They wanted a king. And that king that they wanted, they wanted the king because everybody else had a king. But God was already their king. But they wanted more because they saw what everybody else had. This is what's happening in some of the churches today. People look at these big churches. They look at everything that they're having in these churches, everything that they're doing. And they begin to compare themselves amongst themselves. And the Bible said that is not wise. You cannot accept what everybody else is doing because if God is not giving you that to do, that is not going to work where you are. God sets up things the way he want to set them up, in the place he want to set them up, in the area he want to set them up. And if God ain't setting it up, don't set it up. Do not welcome anything that God have not set up. Just because it's a new thing don't mean that I got to do anything. You got to get up with the times. No, I don't. If God didn't say it, I'm not doing it. So we see things on television and it look good. It look like they're having a good time. It look like they're going on all these retreats and doing all these things, but ain't telling you what's happening behind the scene. You just looking at it as it look good. So we see that in order, when we receive his word, we're receiving him. But when we reject the word, let's go to Saul, what he said to Saul when he rejected the word in 1 Samuel 15, 23. He said, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness, stubbornness is a form of pride. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He also have rejected you from being king. See, when you reject God's word, you reject in him. When God tell you in his word what you need to do and you don't do it, you just rejected him. Amen, somebody. I don't know about you, but I rejected God many times. Many times I, God have said and I didn't do. That's rejecting him. Because I'm dismissing him because I want to do what I want to do. And if God send you somebody to tell you what God is saying and you rejecting his word, you, you rejecting him. You know what you're saying? You're saying, God, your word don't matter. Your word ain't full of power. Your word don't do nothing. I already got this right here set up, so this is what I'm going to do. So you're rejecting it. There's another scripture that says in Psalms 50, 17, seeing that you hate instructions and correction and cast my words behind you, disregarding them. That means we hate his word. We hate what he's saying. We hate correction because the word is going to correct you. The word is going to put you where you need to be. Some of us don't want to be corrected because we're full of pride. We're stubborn. We think that we know more than God knows. If somebody is sending a word to you, come on, y'all. I say this word all the time. God bring it in the house for a reason. If you have ought against your brother, you go to your brother. And if you don't do it, you're rejecting God because God is giving you the word. That means when you don't accept the word, you are in witchcraft, you're in pride, you're in stubbornness, you're in iniquity. Because you're not accepting it because you're full of you. 
Y'all, the word is so good, is it not? The word will show you things. As I was um, studying, I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to bring? How many think you can go one way and God will direct you to another way? So I'm sitting there and I'm saying, I'm going to do this, y'all. I mean, the scripture was boom, 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 boom. This is what I'm going to do. But when I was saying what I was going to do, I didn't feel no um, stirring within me. I just felt a gladness because I had all the scriptures and I'm ready to present. I was so glad. I said, ooh, thank you. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit presented 1 Thessalonians 2.13 and all of a sudden a stirring. And the power of God come in me and then boom, thank you, Holy Ghost. So everything you want to do, even though you have the word of God to do it, that don't mean what, that's what God wants you to do at that time. You got to follow his lead and not yours. Just because you tired. Just because you think, you know, I ain't had all week to bring nothing together. So I'm going to do this again. No, if that ain't what God won't, don't do it. You got to do what he wants, Not according to you, but according to him. So we, we can't hate instructions. We can't hate correction. Because when we do, guess what we're doing? We're leaving God out. We're rejecting God. We're saying, God, I don't want to hear what you got to say. Some people are so full of pride, so stubborn, that when the word is slapping them all over the place, they still say, I ain't doing, I ain't doing, I ain't doing. You just rejected God. And there's consequences behind that. And ain't God doing it to you, you're doing it to yourself. And then in Luke, I love this one. Luke 5 Verse 5 through 6. Check this out. This is when Simon, Peter, y'all know he fished all night. But when Jesus came in on the scene, I love this. See this scene. Jesus told, sat in that little boat and told them to launch out just a little from shore. Just a little. He said, I just want you to launch out just a little. I want y'all to catch this. I want you to launch out just a little in ministry. You can't go deep. Because you ain't there yet. See, you're trying to do like somebody else is doing in their ministry. He said, I just want you to launch out a little because you're in the discipleship stage. Just launch out just a little, not too much. You're hanging with somebody that is teaching you meat with meat and you still on milk. They're telling you that you have this title and you may have this title, but it ain't time for you to come forth with that title yet. So you're launching out too quick. So when Jesus launched a little bit from the shore, he began to teach. Then after he taught, he said, now I want you to launch out into the deep. So when he launched out into the deep, this is what he told him. He told him, Simon said, but Simon answered and said to him, master, we have told all night how many of us in this room have told all night very exhausted over a situation over a problem over money over your health over your children all night long you told and you're so physically exhausted because you told all night how many come on let's be honest i know i'm part of that how many Sometimes I can toil all night trying to fix it and, and, you know, trying to pull scriptures, but it's just not hidden. I'm trying to make it work. I'm trying to make it happen the way I think it should happen. This is toiling. 
Because when you're really trusting God, you at rest. You're waiting on him. You're not trying to do it yourself, even though you're using the scripture. So he said, we told all night and caught nothing. How many been up all night wrestling and still in the same position? He said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. See, when we let go of us, when we let go of our preconceived ideas of how we think our life should be, when we truly let go and say, God, I'm letting go. I'm committing my way unto you because you said my thoughts shall be established because I'm trusting in you. So I'm going to commit this to you because I can do nothing. How many got so much debt you can't even work double, triple time and pay it off? You'll still be paying it off to Jesus coming. You're still trying to find a way to get more debt. Hallelujah. And they're telling you. No, your debt ratio is too high. Even though your credit store is good, your debt ratio is too high and you don't make enough money to meet what we need for you to meet. But we're still out there trying to do it, trying to do it, trying to fix it. You're toiling. But when you truly make up your mind and say, God is not about me. God is all about you. When we take money off our mind, yes, we need money, but we need to take it off our mind and put him before money. The love of money is the root of all evil. When we put him before that and say, God, I'm rolling this over to you. Just like Peter, when he rolled it over to him and said, I'm going to take your word over what I done because God's word is full of power. I'm going to receive and welcome your word for what it is, God. I'm going to do what you're telling me to do outside of how I feel. I feel like a failure. But because you told me to do this, I know I'm not a failure. Because you told me to do this, I'm trusting and relying on you. And when he done it. The Bible said that their net was breaking. He had to call more people to come in and help him. When you do what God requires of you to do, people will know that it is God and not you. Miracle Temple, this ministry, haven't gone on for 22 years because of me. This ministry have gone on for 22 years because of what God has done. And by me being obedient to him and hearing him, God does what he need to do and when he need to do it. And I'm not jumping ahead of God because somebody say Simon said, no, Simon ain't God. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm going to put that on the shelf because when the appointed time come, God know I'll be ready. And he'll have the people that will help hold up my hands to be ready for what God is doing. For Quit getting ahead of God. Quit trying to go out and form a ministry. God said you're not ready yet. If you can't be faithful in the place he has set you in, you can't go into your own because it ain't going to work. It's going to burn and crash. I'm not speaking witchcraft. It's the truth. You have to wait on your ministry. 
You can't just go take off when you ain't being faithful with what you have. If you ain't being faithful with the wife or husband you got, divorce ain't the option. Because when you get another one, the other one might be worse than the one you had. We want a quick fix, right? So God is saying the word has to be received. The word has to be welcome. The word has to be accepted. Because not as man's word, but as God's word. When God's word is welcome, accepted, when it's received, guess what? It's going to work effectually. It's going to operate in your life the way it needs to operate. It's going to bring life to you and not death. When you are obedient to what God is saying, you will see results. Your baby on the inside will be stirring on the inside of you. Not only are you speaking it, but you're seeing it and you know it's already done. You know what you already have because this is what God is saying to you. We have not gone this far in ministry. Me and my husband just taking a scripture and running with it. No, we don't run with it. I take the scripture and say, God, if this is what you're saying, I meditate on it. I get it in my heart and I move as God tell me to move. Just because you have a word from the Lord don't mean that you run with it and you go build a house. Or you go build a church or you go build this or you go start a business. If that's not what God is saying or doing, don't do it. Because you're wasting time, you're wasting money. You got to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And it don't matter how big it is, how big the amount is. If God says yours, go into it. Because it ain't you that's going to do it. It's God's going to do it through you. He know all about you. He know your life. Your life is already written. Quit trying to wait until you get something. You'll never get it. You can't get nothing outside of God. If God ain't told you to do something, back off, baby. Just because you got the money to do it don't mean it's time to do it. Because once all your money is depleted, you left with all that stuff. And God ain't told you to do it. I'm a living witness. Because I go step by step. He give you the first step. He's not going to give you another until you accomplish the first. Some of you want the full plan. God said, I can't give it to you. You're tear it up. God said, you're still trying to do stuff that I ain't told you to do. And that's why you're so wore out and tired. It's time for us to hear God. And we need to hear him according to his word. God, what do you want me to do about this? God, how do you want me to do it? God, I can't do it outside of you. So I'm going to wait. If I don't hear from you, God, I'm going to stand still. Show me sometimes it's easy to do this, but is that what God wants you to do? So the word will take you where you need to be. Stay where God have for you to be. When you stay in that place, promotion don't come from the east nor from the west. But promotion come from God. God put up, God take back down. So don't get ahead of yourself, even on jobs. Don't move jobs because it's more money. If that ain't where God wants you to be, you'll have more headache with that money than you'll have peace and you can't live your best life. Most people go after the money first before they consider what's behind the money. You got to be careful. Don't make money your God. Because sometimes we want to live a lavish lifestyle. But God ain't in it. Come on, God's glory 
will shine upon you and the little stuff that you have, it will be glorified. And, and people will be saying, where did you get that? Super 10, super dollar. See, sometimes our minds get twisted. But God showed me this. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this illustration. In Luke 10, 38 through 42, I believe that we're familiar with this. Mitch, can you come up here and stand for me right here in the middle? Yeah, stand right there in the middle. Can I get me a Mary and Martha? Give me a Mary and Martha. Come on, come on, come on. I got me a Martha. And Quisha going to be my Mary. Mitch, go up there that way. Okay, now I want y'all to catch this scene. Can somebody give me a, a chair, please? Mitch, just take a chair right there. Yes, thank you. And just let it be beside you. Okay. While Jesus and his followers were traveling, Jesus went into a town, a village. A woman named Mary let Jesus stay at her house, welcomed and received him. Now, Quisha, you are Mary. Mitch, turn around and face Mary. Okay, knock on the door, Mitch. Um, a woman named Martha, sorry, not, not, not Mary. Martha. Kathy, you Martha. Knock on the door. It said that she welcomed and received him. She told him, come on in my house. Is he not in the house? The Bible says that Martha welcomed and received and accepted him in her house. Is that not true? So this is what happened. Martha had a sister named Mary. This is Mary. Who was sitting at the Lord's feet. Sit down, Mitch. Mary was sitting... At the Lord's feet, Mary, sit at his feet and listen to him teach what he said, his word and message. She was sitting there. She was listening. Now, let's talk about old Martha. But Martha was busy. Come on, busy Martha. Worried, distracted with all the work to be done, the many preparations. Martha was all over the place. But look at Mary. Keep on, Martha. Keep on. Finally, Martha got tired and she went in and said, go to the Lord. She got tired. Lord, don't you care that my sister have left me alone to do all the work? Sir, prepare the meal. Please, therefore, tell her to help me. This is what Jesus said. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried, anxious, and upset about many things. Only one thing is important, necessary, needed. Mary has chosen the better thing, and it will never be taken away from her. Now, I want you to catch this scene again. Martha is the one that welcomed him. Received him into her house. Right? Mary, her sister, as soon as he came in, she took position and sat. She's welcoming the word. Martha welcomed him in the house. But she's rejecting the word. Because she's busy. 
She's all over the place. The word is right there. But she's putting everything else before the word. So she's welcoming all the preparation. She's doing all of this. But Mary did not move. She's putting first things first. She's seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And she said, all of these things, they're going to be added unto me. Because I need the word first. I'm not putting anything else above the word. The word is going to be first place in my life. Now, listen at this. The word still spoke to Martha. When Martha came to the word and said, Lord, I'm doing everything. Can't you tell them to help me? Didn't he reply to her? Kathy. Kathy. You're troubled. You're anxious. Kathy said, that ain't me, pastor. About many things. But Marquisha have chose what is best for her over everything. And go do likewise. See, I added to the word, but that ain't what the word said. Now, I want to show y'all something. Who in here? Are Marthas and Marys. It could be men. We got some Marthas and we got some Marys in this house. And I want to show you this scene again. Mitch, put the chair back. This is what the Lord was showing me. Remember we're talking about the word has to be received, accepted, and welcome, right? There's the chair. But guess what? The day we said, Lord, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose on the third day. And Father, because I believe with my heart, confession is made with my mouth, and Lord, I believe that I am saved. So guess what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit came to abide I invited him in my house. See, we're the temple of God. We're his temple. So we invited him to live on the inside of us, right? So by us inviting him to live on the inside of us, God is waiting. We welcomed him. We accepted him. We received him into our heart, right? So God is sitting waiting every day to say, won't you spend time with me? Won't you spend time with me? Spending time with him is going into the word. Finding out who he is and who you are now that you're in him. You cannot serve God efficiently and effectively without the word of God. You cannot represent his kingdom the way it needs to be represented without the word of God. So God said, I'm sitting and I'm waiting, but you got everything before me. You got a man, you got a woman, you got your children, you got your job, you got your animals, you got everything before me. He said, I'm just asking for time. Would you welcome me? Would you accept me? Would you allow me to show you who I really am? Would you allow me to show you who you really are in me? So see, Mitch, get your Bible. 
Take a seat. So let's say every morning, Mitchell Moore get up and he have his Bible before him. Not looking at, oh, I got to be to work at this time because he made up his mind to say, I'm putting God before I put that job. Because if I don't put him before I put that job, then I know I'm going to have trouble on that job. But if I take time out just to get in my word and get to know who he is and get to know who I am in him, I know the rest of my day is going to go like it need to go. So let's say the first day, Mitch sits down and he turns to Psalms 23. And as he's turning to Psalms 23, uh, can we have a mic for Mitchell, please? And Mitch, I just want you to read the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Stop right there. Read it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Read it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Read it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, what I want you to do, go back to your seat, hold on to the mic. This is the first day. Come back to the seat, Mitch. This is the second day. Read the same verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Go back again, Mitch. Go back the third day, Mitch. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Go back to your seat, Mitch. Before you even sit down, turn around and go back again. Y'all going to catch it in a minute. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Go back, Mitch. Stop, Mitch. Go back to the seat. What day is that, y'all? Okay, Mitch. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Go back, Mitch. Stop, Mitch. Hold it right there, stand up. After five days of quoting that scripture over and over and over, and over and over and over again. It may take somebody longer. But at this time, Mitch should have raised his hand and said, The Lord is 
Mitchell Shepherd. And Mitchell shall not want who glory or lack. Hallelujah. That scripture should have some meaning. It should have so much meaning in that scripture. You go into work and say, oh, Jennifer Simpson, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's what it told me. I'm not lacking in any area in my life. He supplies, oh, glory, all of my needs. Come on, it becomes rich. It becomes so engrafted in you. Even when Mitch look at his bills, he said, bills, the Lord is. Not going to be. But he is what he say he is. Guess what he said, bills? Listen, he said, he is my shepherd. I shall not lack. You ain't going to cause me to lack. You're going to get it up and go because that's who he is. Say it again, Mitch. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord, hallelujah, is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. I shall not want. I shall not lack. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay. Leave that mic right there, please. Hallelujah. Anyhow, Latoya, bring your Bible with Psalms 23, verse 1. Before you even get there, I see already the spirit of the living God on that word. Hallelujah. Get the mic, girl. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, anyhow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, my God. The Lord, hallelujah, is my shepherd. Hallelujah is my shepherd. I shall not want. He called on a horrible shot and a horrible shot. He called on a horrible shot and a horrible. Woo! Jesus, thank you. He called on a horrible shot and a horrible shot. He called on a horrible shot and a horrible shot. He called on a horrible shot and a horrible shot. Thank you for being Jehovah. He called on a horrible shot and a horrible shot. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, every attack and every assignment the enemy has sent out against these finances has been broken in the name of Jesus. He caught on a horrible shot of a horrible shot. The devil is a liar. Hallelujah. Every, every attack and every assignment, the bills bow down in the name of Jesus. He caught on a horrible shot of a horrible shot. Thank you. Hallelujah, my God. Hallelujah. He called on a horrible shot of the Oh, Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah, my God. Thank you, God. 
All right, Toya. Thank you. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> She's stirred up now. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, my Thank you, Lord. 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 No, you are. Uh, don't tell me you're sorry. See, I'm letting God do what he need to do. Kim, Kim Costin, bring your Bible and come get in the mic. Psalms 23. See, the word of God has meaning. The word of God has power. Father God, thank you, Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hallelujah, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for sending your word, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I have everything in you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I shall not lack in any area, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. God, I thank you, God. It's not what I see, but it's what I know, God. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, God. And I bind every thought that the enemy try to bring before me, God. Hallelujah, God. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you for your son, God. Thank you, God, for giving it all on the cross for us, God. Thank you, Jesus, God. Thank you, God. I have everything in him, God. Glory to your name, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, God. You are my shepherd, God. Thank you, God. I shall live and abide in you, Father God. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, God. Thank you, God. Kim, turn to Luke 6, Glory, God. Turn to Luke 638. And I want you to put your name in that because Kim, Luke 6, 38. Because Kim, 
Because Kim give, it shall be given unto Unto you. Unto Kim. Good measures pressed down and shaken together and running over. Jesus. Say it again. Because Kim. Because Kim. Give. Give and it shall be given unto me. Good measures pressed down, shake it together, run it over. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there anything too hard for you, my God? Thank you, Jesus. There's not a thing too hard for my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Renee, I need for you to come up. Glory, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You ready, Aunt Hallelujah, God. You can get the mic, Renee, because um, this is a message. From the Lord. Go to Matthew 28. Y'all understand where God is coming from? Go to Matthew 28. And I want you to read. Verse. 19 through 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe. All things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want you to read that, lo. I want you to keep saying, lo, I'm with you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Lo, Renee, I'm with you always. Say it. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Lo, who? Lord name. Make it real. Lord. Make it real. Lord name. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Say it again. Lord name. I am with you. Say it again. Lord name. I am with you. Say it again. Lord name. I am with you. God is speaking. <laughs> Say it again. Lord name. I'm with you. And if he's with you, 
Who can be against you? Say it again. Lorene, now I am with you. Lorene, I am with you. God, he was with me. Even to the end, he always with me, God. I said, thank you. You're always there. You're always with me, Lord. Wherever I go, you're there. I said, thank you. Whatever I do, you're there. Whatever I need, you're there. You're always there with me. Oh, Papa, today, Lord, you're always there. He's always there. No matter what, he's always there. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. See, when the word speaks, it is God speaking. It is God speaking. It is God speaking. What is written is logos. But when it is spoken, it is rhema. It is the spoken word. You may be reading what is written, but when you get it in your heart and it come out of your mouth, it is rhema. It is miraculous power. Do not take the word of God lightly. Whatever you need, go into the word and it is God speaking on your behalf. It is God telling you what you have already received from him. Amen. Amen. If there's someone that's in the need of healing, come take the chair. Bring your Bible. Turn it to Psalms 107.20 and read what the word is saying. Give her the mic. Thank you, Evangelist. I don't only want you to read it, but I want you to see it. And I want you to put your name in it. Psalms 107.20. He sends forth his word and heals the Tiffany and rescues Tiffany from the pit and destruction. Say it again. He sends forth his word and heals Tiffany and rescues them from the pit and destruction. Say it again. He sends forth his word and heals Tiffany and rescues Tiffany from the pit and destruction. Say it again. He sends forth his word and heals Tiffany and rescues Tiffany from the pit and destruction. So what has he done, Tiffany? He has healed me and rescued me from any enemies and any tactics that may come to destroy me. All right. Say it. Say it with authority. He has healed me and he has rescued me from any destruction that comes in my way. Do you believe the word that was sent? I do. Do you really believe the word that was sent? I do. What are you going to do with that word? I'm going to meditate on it and just give God glory. Amen. Amen. Gloria. Go ahead, Gloria. He sent his word 
and heal me and deliver me from destruction. Say it, say it again with your name in it. He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from my destructions. Say it again. He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from my destructions. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That means that God is speaking to you and his word is true. So if his word is true, you know you already have what God is saying outside of how you feel. Because that's what the word of God is saying. He sent his word and he have healed Gloria. He has healed Tiffany from all their destruction, from every sickness, from every disease that would come to try to attack their body. They already not going, but they already the healed of the Lord. We give God glory. Glory. Pay attention to my word. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto all those that find them, and they are medicine, they are help to all flesh. As long as you're paying attention, as long as you're inclining your ear, as long as you're keeping focus, come on, that word is getting in your heart, and it is producing healing to all your flesh. The word is your medicine. And this is why. The Bible said, don't go nowhere, Gloria. The Bible says, because you know what the word of God is saying, you know what the word of God is doing. The only thing I have to do is lay hands and go about my business. I don't have to pray about it because I know the Bible say lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I'm doing what the word says. So the word have to do what it says. We just do it and we go on. We don't sit there and try to do anything else except what the word says. Do what the word, we make it hard. We try to conjure up something. He didn't say pray over her. He said lay hands on the sick. He said let the elders of the church. Didn't he say that? Pray over who? The sick. But he tell us lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Command what's already theirs. I command your healing to come forth in Jesus name. I command your body to come into alignment with the word of God. For the word says by Jesus Christ. You were already healed. Not going to be healed. I command your knees. I command them to be healed, to be made whole. I command swelling in your body to go in the name of Jesus. I command your tendons and joints and your bones and your marrows to be healed in Jesus.
Jesus' name. You are already the healed of the Lord. I command right now every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every vital sign to come into alignment in Jesus' name. He upholds everything by the word of his power. Even our bodies are uphold by the word of his power. You got to speak to your own body. You got to tell it to function right now. The way God has created it to function. There is no malfunction in you today. You get up and go about your business. He who had begun a good work in you, Evangelist Newton, shall finish that work even until the day of Jesus Christ. We just give God glory. We give him honor. We give him praise for every good work, for every good thing that he has done. Hallelujah. God is perfecting those things concerning you. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you for the rivers of living water that flows continually out of her belly. In Jesus' name. Oh, we honor God in this place. We glorify him. We magnify him. Because God is evangelist who he say he is. You shall see the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. You shall see incurable sicknesses and diseases to be healed. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you, God. I thank you and I praise you for doing a work. For doing a work. Hallelujah. 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 Your cup is already filled. Your cup is already filled to overflow. God, I give you glory for the overflow. For the overflow in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we praise you. Hallelujah. Renee, the lady that's behind you, could you come up, baby? You know, it's, is it Wheel of Fortune where it said, come on down? Uh-huh. God is doing a great work. And he's doing a great work in you. Baby, there have been some things that you've been going
To God be the glory, hallelujah, anyhow, to what God is doing. And this is what God is saying to everybody today. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. He's saying when you receive the word of God, not coming from man, but coming from God. He said the word will work effectually in those who believe. It's time for us to receive the word for what it is. And that's why you have to spend time in the word and hold on to the word outside of other things. Y'all, I'm here to tell you, the word is at work. And the word don't need help. It just needs for you to proclaim what it's already said. You don't have to help the word. Just get the word planted. It's a seed. It got to be planted. God said you're digging up your seeds. You're saying God is doing this, but when it don't look like it's done, you're pulling up the seed. You ain't giving the seed time to grow. Mary had to carry Jesus for 10 months before he could be delivered. You got some seeds in you that God want to produce. He want to bring forth, but he said he can't bring them forth because you keep pulling them up. You keep saying you believe him, but you pull them up because you go to something else. Leave those seeds in the ground and begin to water those seeds. Begin to give God glory for what he says and it shall come to pass. Amen. So the word will work effectually in those who believe. Y'all don't get outside this word. The word is full of power. It does work. Me and my husband are living proof that the word works. And I want to say this. All of us are part of the body of Christ. When you become born again, every joint supply. But I want you to understand this. We're made up of one body, which is Christ's body. We represent the church. Amen. We are the church. But every part plays a part. Every part plays a part. There are different parts. These arms and hands, they work together, right? The legs, everything work together, but everybody have a part to play. You cannot play my part if that's not where God put you. You can't do what I do if that's not what God anointed you to do. Because when God anointed me to root up and tear down the strongholds, that's what he called me to do. So you can't try to step in my place. You got to stay in the place that God has put you because we're working together. We building that body, the body of Christ. Quit getting in somebody's lane. Stay in your lane. Just because my lane may look good, don't mean it's always. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Every.
everybody can't wear the same dress. It ain't going to fit the same way. When God set a member in the body, he lets that member, he let the pastor know what that member is supposed to do. And when you get out of alignment with the body, that body get twisted. So we want to make sure that we stay in our lane, y'all. We do what God has called us to do, and then the word will work effectually. So let's stay in our lanes and let's learn, God, what would you have me to do? How would you have me to do it? Come on, Joshua and Ur, what did they do? But then when it was time for Moses to leave, Joshua stood. He got in position. When Moses was out the picture, God said, Joshua, Moses is dead. Now I want you to lead these people. I ain't dead. Poke me. Pinch me. Ouch. That means when God puts somebody over a body, as long as they still breathing, they're the ones that God put over the body. And as long as I'm here, until God see fit to take me home, I'm going to do what God called me to do. And as long as you're here, you do what God told you to do. Everybody's not going to be in the fivefold. Do what God has called you to do and give glory to God for that. Everybody can't be pastors. Because a pastor's going to love no matter what and a pastor's going to chastise no matter what. A pastor's going to tell you to, if you got ought to go to your brother. A pastor's going to be in alignment with the word of God because they're shepherds. They lead the sheep. You got to have a pastor. You cannot be in a church without a pastor. That come out because I believe God wanted it to come out. So if the word is not working for you, it's because you're working it. And the only thing you got to do is do what it says and go on about your business. We have to receive the word, amen, and welcome the word. When you receive and welcome the word, it's because you believe it and it will work effectually. Come on and give God a hand clap. Can I have visitors, if they would like to stand at this time, please do so at this time. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.